Let's jump in. This is episode 39. 39. And this happens to be, out of 39 episodes, the first episode we're doing in the the same room. Yep, this is me. This is not a stand-in for me. (laughs) Split down the I don't have a twin. The actual uh, myself is here. Wow, man. 39 episodes. What we thought we would do is uh, hit a movie that's actually, I think, surprised a lot of people. Definitely. It surprised a lot of people how well it's doing because not only is it a studio film, it's also not elevated horror. Right. No, this is like old school, just slice and dice. And this is Smile. Smile, which put a smile on my face and fear in my heart. Because yeah. honestly, oh, I guess it's the number one earning horror now of the year. That yeah. that happened this last week, and I'm pretty sure. That makes sense. Um, and we're doing this kind of when it's popped out on VOD, I think, last mm-hmm. week. Yeah. So. I just saw it. You saw it in the theater. I just saw it on demand. And I would have loved to have seen it in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, the theater was a different experience for it. Um, it, it was impacting. Granted, there was two other people in the theater, but... Let's even just talk the title card when they hit you with the smile, 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 smile with that like intense alert sort of sound. Yeah. Freak the shit out of me. You know what I mean? It was it really set a tone right off the bat. But let's talk about the uh, the title, because this is originally based on a short film. I heard that. Uh, with a similar sort of story where there's this girl who's having reoccurring nightmares and she tries to get her therapist to help. And then Paramount went to, who's our director? Parker. Parker. Parker, Parker Finn. Yeah. And we're like, we're going to give you that money to make this into a feature. And I'm glad they did. Yeah. And I'm glad that apparently the star of the short is that first girl yes. we see. I saw that. With the, the smile. The, the, the patient of our main character who commits suicide and, and basically sets things into motion. Yes. Yeah. She I'm, was the I want to see the short now. I, I mean, know. I thought she was really interesting. I don't know why she didn't have Sosi Bacon's. You think it was just I know. name? Uh, yeah. I think having Sosi Bacon, who has had some success in other films, having a star, I mean, probably is a little bit more uh, yeah, for the studio. They, they probably felt a lot of it a lot better but I love that the director threw her in there still. Yeah. And it was a good part. And honestly, I'll hit you with the, that was the scariest smile for me. Absolutely. Because there's multiple smiles in it. But sometimes when they're trying to be scary with their smiles, some people don't pull it off. I agree. And I'm not scared by the smiley face. But she was the best. She was. She had the scariest smile for me. Um, but I was looking it up. There's over 186 Entries on IMDb that have smile in the title. Really? Why do you think they... Is the, could they have gone any other direction? Could they have named it after the yes. short? Do you think it's just because smile has that punch? Granted, can you think of any off the top of your head? No, but, but here, I think you've got a studio, and I'm pretty sure this was... You said Paramount? Yes. I think Paramount was behind uh, Jordan Peele's films. Uh. And I think they see success in these single uh, title, like, yeah. nope. Yeah. No, I mean, it does make sense. Um, but interestingly, when I was kind of cruising through these Smile movies, other Smile movies, a lot of them are horror, yeah. too. I mean, there's one that sounds kind of interesting, didn't have good reviews about a camera that uh, some war correspondent 
had caught so many horrific images and then this group of teens or whatever come across that camera and when they get their picture taken oh they gonna die and i think you know it's interesting about that they that may have also been a short film that found success oh. i think if that's the same film okay. i think it was originally called polaroid oh but right. i could i could be wrong uh, that's that's a good premise. Really interesting. It's a good yeah. premise. And then there's some um, 1977 smile, which is about a beauty pageant in Texas. It just like runs the gamut. There's a another like really dramatic one about a facial deformity. So essentially, Ooh. this character can't. It's a drama, I think, from China. The character can't smile, but. This is, I think, going to be the smile that people remember. It's yeah. it's claiming that word uh, despite the 186 entries. I just found that so interesting. That Absolutely it's... <laughs> that is. And you know what? I, I think um, I bet that all just came down to marketing because Smile had one of the best in recent years campaigns that I have, I have seen since maybe like the Blair Witch. Okay. I, okay, I didn't see any of that. I did. And I missed it. So tell me what they did. So they, and, and now that I'm thinking of it, I'm, I'm wondering if this was, did they get the actor from the short film to do this also? Because in my head, I'm almost picturing her doing this. They had an actor sitting behind home plate at some of the major league like playoff games that this woman was just staring wow. dead into the camera, just smiling behind her own plate. <laughs> ah. It was brilliant. Because, that is smart, yeah. Because the next day it was everywhere. And, every, you know, if you didn't know that it was for a movie, it still, like, pulled you yeah, in. Yeah, the You're poor like, picture, on? you know what I mean? He's thinking this. I know. <laughs> She's looking right there. You, you kind of think you have to give a heads up to the picture. Like, oh, yeah, right. we've got um, we've got an actor sitting yes. behind on plate that's going to scare the shit out of you. I only looked at one poster, the one that they have on IMDb, but I got beef with it, honestly. Uh, it has uh, has the girl that is from the short, um, but... She's in a body bag, just her face popping out of the body bag. So it kind of spoils spoiler. the fact that she she bites the dust. I honestly think that that's um, marketing. Obviously, it can make or break a movie, but it can it can ruin it from the get go. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I, I, that that just bothered me. But that thing at the baseball game sounds amazing. So very smart, very risky. <laughs> People could have. Yeah, I, I I'm not gonna lie to you. When this movie first came out, and I saw the trailer. I was thinking, eh, yeah, big studio horror film coming out right around Halloween. Okay. It, it also felt like a really early 2000s type of a horror yes. movie, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's what I liked about it. I actually was kind it of worked. caught by the trailer. Um, it, it made me really excited to go see it in the theater, and I'm glad I am glad I did. You know what? Um, obviously, I heard you talking really uh, positively about it, but I heard Jason Blum. Yeah on Twitter come out and he was super just jealous, you know, really? like of the success. He's like, cause I think that they made a movie similar to that a few years back. The thing that, the thing that really got me though, is that Jason Blum said smile has one of the best jump scares oh, I've yeah. seen in a long time now. So when I went in watching this movie yes. two okay. really stand out to me and now I want to wonder like, wait, which one was he talking about? Cause I'm I thought two were very successful. Assuming it's the one where she's listening to the audio right. playback right. and she listens it, like four or five times. And it's that fifth one where you're finally making out what is said. You, you are being pulled in and you're right. Yes. You're she very just keeps vulnerable. playing it over and over again. You're like, what is that? And that gets you. What is the one that you say contends with that? Because that's really In my the one. opinion, I, I thought what a great uh, moment was, and it was in the daytime as well, was when she leaves her sister's house. 
Oh! And the sister, the sister walks up to the car. Stretch and sister. The... Yeah. <laughs> Stretch Armstrong moment. That in the theater was the one that got me the most. Yeah. And it honestly was like the scariest thing because I'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah. And even though like when you explain that it's the woman's head just like crooks and yeah. looks, looks like a, it... a Stretch Armstrong sort of thing, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't explain well. But if you're sucked in in that moment after she's just been kind of dejected by her sister, it it really got me. Yeah. And especially when it's established at that point that sometimes what she's experiencing is a hallucination. Yes. Which is what I think is like one of the more interesting aspects of this movie is that you don't know what's real and what's not real at times during it. And whereas I think like dream stuff is annoying in in horror, this kind of hit me uh, better. That being said, I'll go ahead. Go I was going to say, well, let, let's talk about that because I, I think it, the reason it was so effective is because this movie's really about mental health. Yes. So when you're 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 talking about hallucinations for her character, you're also sort of just describing what maybe a lot of people on, a, on an everyday basis who maybe who aren't um, treated are experiencing. Right. Which is also just horrifying. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes completely sense. Like schizophrenics, I do yes, see stuff that's yes, not there. Yeah. So yeah, it does make sense. And then, of course, then her mother had issues as well. Which, right. I mean, it's talking about how mental health issues, genetic, but they also, you know, can just environmentally occur as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it actually was pretty deep when I was thinking about the themes. I uh, beyond just the mental health stuff. Uh, I, I thought about like her, her being a workaholic too, yeah. and granted, yeah. I think she was a workaholic because she was trying to bury the guilt from bury having the... something to do with her yeah. mother's death, or just like not uh, calling uh, the cops or not calling the, or yeah, getting the, the ambulance. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would say on top of that because I think you're right that there's also maybe a sense of responsibility uh, to try to help as many people as possible now. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. but you know, you're right. They do set that up as a workaholic because even her boss thinks a couple people. He's like, how long have you been on, on your shift? Right. And they, they send her home. And she comes back to get that call that yeah. leads to the horror show. Right. Which that moment if you, is so instrumental now. Like when you look at it, like yeah. she closed her door, probably made it a 10 feet and goes back because she's a workaholic is what. Ultimately, yeah, exactly. Um, the other big theme, I think this is a timely movie because of uh, the mental health issues associated with uh, social media platforms like right. an Instagram, where uh, especially teenage girls are seeing people at their best, right? When right. they're smiling at you while you're doing nothing but scrolling through your phone, sort of thing. <laughs> and, you know, usually that's that you're, it's not quality time in my opinion just scrolling through insta uh and and can lead to the depressive states of of people seeing other people smiling while you're they're doing jack i mean there's a reason that in our society we refer to that as doom scrolling yeah you know you were just caught in this scroll this infinite scroll which i think they need to be better about that and and like um set time limits on it the app itself should be like you've been doing this for five minutes straight right get a hobby (laughs) do something productive (laughs) as a human being to our society uh yeah others i mean i think we're probably in the minority saying stuff like that people are obsessed but uh yeah yeah Yeah. uh i I think it, it was timely because of that and just like you know a smile itself is often a facade for 
And then, yeah, you know, what's going on under there is yeah. not so smiley. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's certainly like a mask. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's what's so beautiful about it, because all horrors rely on a mask. Mm-hmm. But I love the way that um, our main, our first character that, that dies, this, I think it's Laura, is her name? Laura. Um, she says that directly, this entity wears people like masks. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was great. That is great. If you had to compare this movie to something you've seen before, what would you compare it to? The Ring. Yes. It follows. Yes. <laughs> uh, sinister, even. Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, a sinister business in there because that is also a chain link horror. I think it's chain, easily yeah. uh, forgotten that that does have a pattern. And uh, I, I saw a lot of Sinister in it. And Sinister is, I, really scared me, too. Babadook in, in the grief sense. That's great. Yes. Um, and then also just like... The one of us mentality. Have you seen that French film Raw about the girl yes. who's a vegan then becomes yeah. a, a carnivore yeah. or, or what do you call the uh, cannibal. cannibal? Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those are the ones that I affiliated with, and that's that's good company. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's that's the interesting thing about this is that you know a studio was behind this, and a lot of those movies you just described weren't really big blockbuster right. films. Yeah. So you could say. It's maybe biggest flaw is that it, it it's it was predictable because I guess we've seen things like it. So you because I mean this is obviously spoiler. You knew she was doomed. I think so. Yeah, because of movies like The Ring or like okay. or, or Final Destination. Even I was going to say is well, like you can't escape. Naomi death. does get out of it though, right? Naomi Watson The Ring is yes. able to escape. Yeah, uh, I don't remember what happens there in Ring Two. Does she escape that one? I as honestly well? don't remember. It's been so long <laughs> since I've seen it. I think a big, big thing about those other films, and it's sort of like a plot point in this movie is, um, oh my god, the actor's so great. I think his name might be Rob Morgan. It's the guy she visits in the prison, who oh, yeah. is the only person. Yeah, fantastic actor, the loophole guy. Yes, he he basically says, you know, you have to kill someone else like yeah. brutally, and that's kind of that that. That idea of of uh, a lot of these other films, I think, also dealt with something similar to that. You know, like the only way to really cheat death is to, you know, pass it on. Right. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of what we were talking about last week in the cabinet of curiosities. Yeah. Like visions will corrupt you. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. How some of that, the, the one specifically Pikmin's Pittman, yeah. uh, model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You look at something and then you're doomed sort of thing. It's a good, it's a good theme, especially... For horror, I, I, I think it worked. Um, let's. You want to start from the top and talk let's about uh, how how that opener. Did you like how it started? We have her mother on the bed, right? And her is a young kid. I didn't have any context for it, and I really yeah. wasn't sure that was her mother at first. I thought it was her. That's exactly what uh, I was. It really say. confused me at the top. It took too long for me to figure out that that was the mother. Yeah, and, it, it's 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 not until we meet her her therapist that we start to even or have the information or tools to try to put that together. It, yeah. It, it does. T- it, here's the thing is it works eventually. Right. Although it is kind of like messy at the time. I think so. I think so. I think it progressively got better. This, this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Didn't start on the strongest note, but we obviously really liked it. Um, yeah. Then we move then from, uh, from that, sort of dream nightmare sequence uh, about her mother who ultimately died via addiction issues and depression issues um, to Carl. Yeah. Great, 
great side character. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At this first, I was a little guy. worried that it was just. It, I was a little worried because this guy is kind of like mumbling himself. I'm going to die. You're going to die. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to die. You're going to die. I'm going to die. Over. It went on a little too long for me, and I was a little concerned about the direction again then. But he's used so much afterwards, and that has such a great payoff. Yeah. When he's in her face saying, you're going to die, you're going to you're gonna die. And then when that turns out to be another hallucination as well. Then I looked back on it more fondly. Um, but I, I got nervous at the top. I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be uh, too campy for you're me. Right. Or, or just did we just figure out exactly what happens? You yeah. Know, did, they, did they spoil it? But I, I, I thought that that character was really used well throughout the film. Like you mentioned, he does keep coming back. Yeah. There are... Uh, you just feel bad for him, like with that moment. It's like a it's <laughs> we got a hallucination, a over it. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like a dream sequence where she's actually stabbing him. Oh, that one too. I yeah. mean, because there's the two sequences oh, yeah. that are hallucinatory with this character. Mm-hmm. The first one where she's first starting to see uh, people smiling at her. Yes. And right before that, as to me, one of the most effective smiles in the whole movie is this girl that's like, she, she, her office is pretty high up. I'd say like seventh or eighth floor. Right. And there's this stranger down in the pavilion, just standing there alone, staring up at her window, smiling. And I, she, she kind of like sees it, yeah. but then she moves in and deals with the, the Carl situation where <laughs> It seems like he's attacking her, but he's not. And then yeah. she has all the orderlies like, yeah, you kind of strap feel, him down when he hasn't done anything. I, I feel, yeah, I felt bad for him in that moment. Like, <laughs> you just uh, yeah. leave Carl alone. Yeah, poor Carl. I, I completely agree with you there. Um, but then we move on to uh, the, one of the best scenes, obviously, is with Laura. Laura's in there. She's in yeah. the psychiatric ward. And she has just witnessed her art professor, Professor Munoz, I think. Yes, you're right. Um, With a hammer or a claw hammer? A hammer to the face. <laughs> we do get to see a glimpse of that later when we meet his wife. Right. Um, and they did a, the tongue business so much better than the yes. tongue in Halloween ends. Yes, you're right. It, did, it looked legit comparatively, it you know? It did. Um, but what I loved about this scene is how it was shot too how mm. it was just so close up it really felt like you were in this session with them agreed um, agreed they use really they use close ups very effectively and um i was going to say the not to jump ahead but this first half of this movie technically is a lot better than the second half as far as like camera movements yeah i, I think he got lazy toward the latter yeah. half or something <laughs> yeah there were some really interesting ways that he was shooting yes. there was a lot of uh, upside down yes, of i was just going to say cities. he flips he flips the you know to give us the idea that things are no longer normal he flips the whole horizon on you there's some really effective drone shots that i thought yeah, were great absolutely you know kind of reminds you of like the shining at the beginning of the shining but yeah i i i, I agree that this scene is one of the better scenes, and not just because of how it's shot, but yeah, it really might be one of the the, uh, the best kills too, because it's sort of establishing. Yeah, was well, she break like a pot or yeah, something? Yeah, a piece uh, of like glass. A, yeah, is it a vase? Something yeah. broke when. Okay, this is what I want to talk about because she then sees the monster while she's talking to Rose. Yes. Um, Rose doesn't see anything, and she. This is after she had mentioned this this thing wears people as masks. What do you think she saw? Did she see Rose then? I mean, this is all hypothetical, but knowing what we know about what happens to Rose at the end, do you think it was Rose with the smile coming at her, or do you think that creature was there like we saw um, with Rose at the end? Well, yeah, or was that, it a more of a individual sort of experience that we could never really know about? No, I, I would say 
it is because this character has been experiencing this for like almost a week now that it's probably it's at its heightened point where the the creature has almost shown itself entirely because you, you do you agree that 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 thing that we see with all the smiles on it is how it looks. Yes. It's not, it wasn't just looking that way for Rose at the end. No. That's its true form. Correct. Because okay. it can take other forms. Right. You know, so I think yes. this was its true form, and I think it was like... And other corporeal forms, too. It's not, like, ghostly. Right. Because when, when she's a mother, she actually yeah. hugs Rose. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a tactileness to that, for sure. But getting back to how awesome the camera work was... Uh, and how it actually plays a role in how things were shot in the future. When she grabs that emergency phone, when Laura's going crazy, and then we get the silence, and we have the back of her head. We see there's a lot of shots with just the back of her head, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. You'd think it'd be boring, right. but it gives you that sense that someone's right behind her, looking mm-hmm. at her. So then, when she does turn around ever so slowly to see that was a Laura shot. smiling at her, amazing. Yeah. I really, really thought that was effective. Yeah, and I and I think the idea of showing the back of the head is like building up the tension towards a smile too for like the later in the yes. movie, you know, yeah. as as a, a device for just revealing. Uh, yes. Well, what did, what did you think? Because now we we go we go um, home to her. Oh no, no. Do we meet the cops first? So we see we Kyle Gallner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. we got our guy from Scream. Who yeah. Was... Man, he is becoming like a horror legend now. He's in everything. <laughs> he's pretty teeny. Did you notice that? Yes. He's a little teeny guy. Yes. Um, but I like him. I, I, think, I think he's decent. You I know what so I mean? I, I don't got any beef with him. I thought it was an appropriate role for him. And I mm-hmm. certainly believed their chemistry a thousand times more than the chemistry she has with uh, A-Train. Wait, I was just going to say, what did you think about A-Train? Because I, I was so excited to see him in something else yeah. uh, his character is such a jerk in it though yeah. that it's i mean he's jerk as a train as well <laughs> i was kind of hoping to see something different from him uh but there wasn't enough scenes i feel like that it, it was possible you know i agree uh, and it's interesting that there there wasn't much of a conclusion with his character you know no. yeah but yeah I, I also was excited to see him it was one of those moments where i'm like wait a minute i know him and then you're like, oh, the, yeah, I know why I know him. He's from The Boys. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just It just seemed like they they were passing ships in the night sort of thing. Yes. Like they weren't. Yes. I don't know how they were engaged because I didn't get. The only time that he like stood up for her, it seemed like a protector, was the dinner with the sister. And it seemed that was the <laughs> one moment where I was like, okay, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they work. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the dinner, uh, how many times does she break a wine glass in the kitchen, too? That's one of the motifs, right? <laughs> it's broken glass, the fragility of her mind. Yeah. Uh, Especially yeah. after we see this, the first uh, suicide killed with glass too. Oh yeah, you know yeah, I thought they were right. trying to set up even more with it, but um, yeah. So do we want to jump to the sister and brother-in-law then? Because we've just sure yes. In a way, the brother-in-laws are comedic relief. Yes, <laughs> more than anything else. And I had a tough time liking him because yeah, he was a jerk. He was a jerk too, and I, I want usually my comedic relief to be likable. But it was such an interesting <laughs> dynamic between him and his wife, right. the sisters. Yes. She w- clearly wears the pants in the yes. family. Um, and I really did. I thought the sister was miscast. She, not that she did bad acting at all. It's just they didn't look anything like her. If you're yeah. running with Sosie yeah. Bacon, 
give us something, someone that looks v- vaguely like her. This girl had the I, complete different sort of archetypal demo, you know? It was just, the actor from the short film could have played her sister, yes. you know? And I thought the casting for the young Rose was awesome. Yes. I thought that was perfect, too. And yeah. even the mother, I thought, was well cast based yeah. on Sosie. It was just the sister. It seemed like somebody was doing her a favor in right. casting. Right. It, didn't, it didn't make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, the mother and 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 um and our main character have dark hair. She's blonde. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh that threw me off a little bit. Also, I thought she was really just, you know, we learn later in the movie that she knew about the mother and left her her, her sister there. You would think Having done that, she would have gone a little bit easier on her earlier in the film. So when she's inviting her to the birthday party and she's like, I'm, I have to work. Yeah. And, and, and she doesn't even, like, understand. And, and it's like, what? Yeah. You need to be a little bit easier on your sister here. So there, there was that, agree. too. That, and, I, and I think we were supposed to dislike her or, you know. Well, it was clear that they couldn't relate with one another. Yeah. And that's the most evident when... She comes over there like, you're just like mom, because she was cracking up, rightfully so, at this point. And then she hit her back with, well, you're just a PTA stay-at-home mom. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And you could tell that then, cut deep. Well, but then she, she, even she's like, I'm sorry, I don't know why I said that. Like, she apologizes <laughs> right. immediately. That's worse than her calling her, like, crazy, cracking up, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. That was that was a deep cut. Um, that was <laughs> their best moment. Uh, but the best moment at their house, if you want to talk about that... Uh, was the birthday party? Oh my god! The, her nephew's birthday party. It was like this moment, this scene, this entire scene really disturbed me because Same. it was one of those like you're watching a train wreck and you cannot do anything. Yeah, you know. And the she, sound oh, design in this scene was really cool too. Really well done. When they're singing "Happy Birthday" and then it kind of like yes, they, yeah, just they drawn out and it just feels like something is now manipulating the moment. Mm-hmm. Um. So she she rides a train for her her nephew as the mother requested her to do, um, and the kids open it and instead it's Mr. Mustache. Mustache. <laughs> Mr. Mustache. Which do you think? It, I don't think it was a coincidence that the cat's name was Mustache, which is essentially like an ups- a, yeah, you know, above the smile, it's, smile adjacent. Yeah, it's an upside down smile. But the way that the kid pulled it up by the scruff of the yeah. neck, what? and everyone's just horrified. Uh, like, kid, don't. Show everybody that. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this kid because they gave him a little more juice in it than I would have thought they would. Because um, when she is dejected by her sister and when she does deal with that uh, crooked neck scene and then she's just screaming in the car like looking crazy. You Mm -hmm. see then a shot of the nephew looking out the window at her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't expect that I was going to ask later about this, but uh, what would they do... Could they run with him in the future? Uh, a, a sequel? I don't. I don't know why they did that because I don't necessarily want to watch Joel's smile too, because right. we know at the end, obviously Joel now is the one that's cursed. Um, I think he'll just kill someone and get out of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Really I mean, he's easily. He's a cop. He can. Yeah. He can get away <laughs> he with can it. Kill but him. he's got to find somebody to traumatize. That's that's yeah. the hard part, and that's the part that I find interesting. Because when we're talking about this mental health stuff, it is usually associated with people that are close to you that you're dealing mm-hmm. with it. But to traumatize a complete stranger, that yeah. is yeah. impacting. And yeah, I, I I thought that was a really interesting. I, at first, in that moment, I was really just appreciating that 
long, like extreme zoom out, which felt very like 1970s where you're it, you're in her car and then like you zoom all the way, all the way out. And I was like, this is a cool shot. And then I'm like, oh no, we're going back into the house and the little boy's standing there. Yeah. It was very interesting because there wasn't, yeah, there was no payoff for that. He's traumatized. I just think they're trying to just make it very clear this kid's messed up now. Yes. Because of his aunt. Yes. Because of a family member. Yeah. Uh, I, I, li- I like that they added that in. I felt yeah. like most of the characters were pretty, you know, well-rounded and fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, did any feel stock to you? Like, I know you didn't you like know, the brother and sister-in-law or the sister and brother-in-law, but... What about the, um, in your opinion, the therapist role? Ah, uh. Okay, this actress I love. I first she, of all, she her, uh, she's her Calamity Jane from Deadwood. That's right. That's right. Uh, she. I thought she was great. I almost wanted. I mean, she has that really great scene where she gets. She's there, and then she gets the phone call, and, and that yeah. was a fun scene. Uh, I, I just don't know. Like, I, I, there was just weird things about it. Like, yes, she even admits to, although it's not her bombarding her. Like, she should not have come over. She right. should have let her patient come to see her but uh, i don't think we're supposed to like her because when she shows up at first she should have taken rose more seriously oh absolutely. rose would not have asked for that medication for fun because right. she was looking for some like anti-hallucinatory yeah. anti-anxiety and, and, and she's not the doctor just, refused it yeah, and, and she's not just a normal patient she herself is a, a doctor herself right and yeah, yeah a doctor I, asking another doctor for something like that it's not like a valium or something yeah. it's something that is no, you know, I, I it just you don't like her from the start, and then she ha- she's invited over by the boyfriend who Fiance, at this point yeah. has essentially said, You're crazy, you're seeing ghosts. Yeah, it's not a ghost, it's an entity. <laughs> yeah, um, there were some really great moments though between Rose and her fiance from Rose's point of view, where she immediately she's apologizing for everything. Know, yeah, she was like, right. uh, She says something and she's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Which I thought was really great, and, and, and like it felt very real. The scene in the car was good. Yeah. Yeah, where someone's asking for help. I think that's another running thread, is people asking for help and the other person not listening. Yes, yes. It, they're just ignored, because it's too much of a burden for that person to actually hear right. what they're being told. Like a ghost story. Y- yeah, yeah, they brush it off. Kind of like she was starting to brush off Laura at first. Yeah. So I feel like she kind of got her, her comeuppance, in a way, mm-hmm. for that. Um, but yeah, going back to Robin Weigert is, is the actress's name. She's also been in American Horror Story and Castle Rock. So she's yeah. kind of a horror girl yeah, at this she point. Is. She's moved from the Western to the horror. And I liked her, but she is an example of one of the smiles that I didn't buy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love the scene where suddenly you realize that she's the entity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I didn't like her walking on the couch. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah, yeah. felt weird. I, I thought you you had a really great build up, and then it didn't have that release of like um, that was another great scare. It, because no, it wasn't right. that great of a scare. And it, uh, this is another thing that kind of bothered me. Up until then, we hadn't heard the being speak. Right. And it spoke through her. And I think it would have been more effective if it was in her voice. Yes. Yeah, it lost a little of the scare factor because... This may have been the moment in the movie where it sort of kind of becomes unhinged. uh, Yeah. You know, where like uh, technically... Technically, it was doing a really great right. job, and then from here, and and it, you know what? Sometimes it's the equivalent of just like seeing the entity. It's like seeing the monster too soon, 
hearing the voice, I think you're... It you, just wasn't necessary. It would right. have been scarier coming from the voice of the therapist. Yes. So yes. that was a mess because then it like growls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there's these really crazy quick cuts where then she's somewhere else. That happens like uh, uh, too often for me. I remember there's a scene where she's trying to fall asleep. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, she's outside about to get hit by a car. It just. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it, it worked in terms of the, the jump E scare or the. Yeah. Because you're expecting something to hit her in bed and then. Absolutely. But. I'm almost wondering. Like what they what they could have done differently in this moment, or what he could have done differently in this moment. Like so, when you now you're established that it can speak, we're missing information here. Now we need more world building. We right. need to know uh, uh, more cases of this, yeah. and they kind of they kind of include that. But I'm thinking if they would have taken a page I got of James Wan's like Conjuring, now you have an actual demon. Maybe give it a name. Maybe give it a, a history. Yeah. Yes. Backstory. That's why I, co- I compared it to Sinister because yes. Sinister does so well yes. with, with yes. that Ragul or whatever the heck, heck it's called. But it worked <laughs> at the time. Can't quite yeah. remember. It. Like you're you, right. I be, think hopefully that's what they do with the, the sequels. If, yes. you know, we uh, get more of a lore. Hopefully somebody yes. who has the capacity to research yeah. in a different way. And a really well done sequel and hopefully not a prequel, but a really done well done sequel can fix some of those things yeah. and actually make make like the fact that she speaks through the therapist okay later yeah. on you know yeah and uh, yeah there's there's a lot of questions in terms of how people are haunted mm-hmm. by this thing as as well as like the timing of things as well because it's made clear that there's not it's not like a week it's not like uh right. the ring where you seven, seven days, seven days. <laughs> uh it's individual times although i think you start to learn you do learn a little bit about a timeline when when the kyle Gallner's character when they they start going into the cases i think he does provide i think she asks him how long ago did that happen yeah and i think it is like a week though right yeah it's within a certain time frame i remember some people died like three days later though Uh, that's what just confuses me was especially with professor muñoz when she goes to visit the wife uh the amount of art that he's yeah, like created that is, is the haunted? smile demon was obscene like yeah. it didn't make sense that that would have even happened if even if he had the longest 10 days you know i, I that bothered me because also was he an art professor or was what kind of professor was he he was an art professor okay, yeah was. yeah art history so, art, art history. history there it is art history so those are the, those are the types of things though where you kind of wonder like is was this an opportunity to give more grounded backstory like he right. did the research and it's just exposition, really. But could they have provided a little bit better exposition with those paint or right. drawings? And we another interesting thing about the demon's powers is it can distort time. Mm. You know, so we don't know if that person who died within three days had a similar experience to what um Rose does at the end of this film where she thinks she's killed the demon. She drives all the way to Joel's house. Uh, uh only to realize, oh crap! I didn't actually just drive an hour to his house right. or whatever. Right. You don't know how long he can stretch time in someone's mind, which I find really interesting. And I think that might be a little bit of a band aid for yeah. why some people die quicker than other people. Yeah, yeah. But with an art history professor, you would have, you could have really said like, oh, you know what? He has seen something similar drawn from another time. Yeah. Like, I, 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 yeah, I. You're right. It was so weird how much work this guy has put in. And he didn't, well, maybe he didn't see what it actually looked like until he got 
snarfed. Yeah, uh, hammered. Because you don't he see any hammered. action. None of the images I looked again were any anywhere kind of close to what this thing looks like right. at the end. Which okay, let's talk about the creature design. Um, but it, you kind of this the last sequence is fun. I liked it uh, because you In have the house. you have that personal trauma of her mother who then it just like gets so weirdly huge and gangly mm. and I thought it was effective in that the mother's always like it's a cloud above her you know yeah, sort of thing she's it's, been haunted by her right. own demons I did I did like that um, what, so what was the point of then showing how Rose could break the arm of the creature and then she know. said it on it was he just likes this punk people or I psych. guess yeah like is it, it was almost like a Freddy Krueger thing you were like just it was with yeah it, it was um, another great point I, I I don't know I think it was just to trick the audience into thinking okay. that you may have All been right. some success there and then you find out nothing really worked <laughs> okay let's talk about what wasn't so effective because unless you want to speak to the creature design more because I, I mean I don't want to give it away too much if you haven't seen it because it's very unique right, I right. hadn't seen anything like <laughs> it before which I think is why I like it so much. It felt really original and still dealt with that smile theme. What did you think? Did it, I'm getting the sense that it you kinda, didn't love it. Well, no, it kind of did remind me of something I've seen maybe on Reddit, like in a creepypasta. Oh. Do you remember, the, um, was it MoMA? Or that, that drawing of uh, everyone started building upon on Reddit and is like kind of almost like Slender Man, but it had like a, a face and a smile to it. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think to me, it felt like it was pulled from the internet. Okay. Like I had right, seen something fair. before. That's fair. Um, it, it, it took Do me- you think the smiles that were within it, because there's multiple smiles in this thing, were the smiles of those that he has accumulated? That would make a lot of sense. And I like that, that if that is real, then okay, maybe there was a little bit more um, world building or, or character. Yeah, maybe he gets bigger the more yeah. he like, consumes. Intakes, consumes. The, did you like the way he went into her mouth? That was a bit interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it was just like an interesting visual. I think we have a case here of the theater versus on your TV screen, personally, yeah. because it felt really effective to me when okay. I was in the theater. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when I watched it with Mara, she was not, she kind of thought this <laughs> was a silly movie yeah um so i think the theater might have influenced me um in a in a good way personally because sure. i'm gonna remember it for a while that's great uh but yeah I, I dug the end but what do we care about joel what what's what's no no right no we don't yeah. i i didn't i mean he seemed like a nice guy uh <laughs> but enough to like to care. I mean, the thing that I liked about him, and, and, and you, you're actually you pick this up, is that she has a better relationship with him than her own fiance. Right. That he actually believes her, or he's willing to try to believe her. Yeah. Which is what she deserves. Uh, and I guess me those moments make you want to care about him a bit more. However, this movie has a longer runtime than a lot of horror movies. You know. Was uh, it 155? Something like Hour that. 55? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, like a horror movie really kind of falls in closer to like a comedy, you know, like an hour and 20, yeah, you know? Right, yeah. So, I uh, mean, there's that really great scene where he runs out and you're like, what is he doing here? How did she, how did he know that she was pulled up in this parking right. lot? And then it turns out to be her going in there to stab him. Like that was a hallucination. And then he really was out there, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, and 
she was carrying around this knife that bothered me. You, you see this butcher knife she was using? Yes. I, maybe I'm not, not was... familiar with knives with the dimples at the top. Is that a thing? Yes, it is. It just looks I think it's like a, a toy. Fancy oh, butcher's okay. knife. I okay. think that you can buy With dimples from, like, at Japan. The top. All right. But the thing I didn't like about it is that it was like, this is a horror movie cliche, and we just saw this in Halloween. You know, yeah. it's like, right? Find something Use else. something else. I completely agree. And I didn't love that she died of fire either. I felt like she could have had a better death. Agreed. Agreed. She had kind of a weak one. Um, Agreed. But I, I like that actress, uh, despite the nepotism involved with her being in this movie. Uh, I had seen her in Here and Now, uh, which was a short-lived show that was really good with Tim Robbins in Hollywood. Yeah, I had heard about it. Um, she's good in that. And then she was really good in Mayor of Easttown. Yes. Yeah, she's really good in that. Yes. She's kind of not... She's similarly dealing with trauma, trauma. addiction and stuff. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, to me, I think it's worth, it's worth a look. I Here's what I'll say about it. I enjoyed it. It, it was better than it should have been. Right. You know, because it's a Hollywood um, studio horror movie, which is yeah. what we need more of. Right. Uh, here's the thing. I love our quote-unquote elevated horror. Love it. <laughs> Ele- elevated. Uh, it sounded like you said elevator horror. But oh, there no, should elevated. be more elevator horror, I, too. You know, we go much, I mean, there's just that really great one about um, M. Night Shyamalan. uh uh, he put a movie in an elevator. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That uh, no, elevated horror is great, but we need that balance. We need these big franchise yeah. films like I we agree. had in the early 2000s, like your Final Destinations. And I'll say it, original. I mean, yeah. it may have felt like you've seen it before. It may have felt like it follows, but it wasn't. And it wasn't like a sequel. And, and I, I really hope that... I really hope that they can franchise it out because it, it took itself it's seriously yes, too, even yes. though it was, you know, big it was bucked. well made. It was. Yeah, I think so. There's some really interesting cinematography in it. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. So it, it just ta- it takes the opportunity to shoot the characters most often rose in spots where it feels like she's being watched. It's like, we're that entity. Yeah. We're the ones judging her in a weird way. One example is when she's opening the fridge. I remember it's the way the, it just, you felt like you were judging her similarly oh, yeah. in the toy store. It's kind of this weird angle from the bottom. Like you're spying on her. Uh-huh. Uh, I just, I, I liked what he did with us, the audience mm-hmm. and t- visually. Yeah. There's some great camera stuff in there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I definitely think you should check it out. And uh, we're going to be back after the Thanksgiving holiday. Yes, short little holiday break. We'll be back in December for some some really fun Christmas horror or holiday horror. For the big 40th, baby. That's right. Episode 40 is coming up. <laughs> and you're still 40, right? I'm 41. Oh, so, you geezer. Yeah, blew it. I blew it. <laughs> well, you'll enjoy episode 41 more than I will. Oh, yeah. I'm going to enjoy 40 yeah. as the 40-year-old. <laughs> but yeah. Until then, people, stay alive.